We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. This is the first episode of The Corner. My name is Kel Dansby. Yo, and this is Andreas Hale. And yes, thank you for coming in. So I can give you a little bit of background of what The Corner is, right? So The Corner is an MMA, pro wrestling, hip-hop, boxing podcast. It kind of merges all those worlds. Where we talk about all these things. And it sounds a little crazy, but it just might work. So me, I'm Andreas Hale. I'm a journalist. I cover sports for outlets like Sierra Dog, Ring Magazine. I've worked with Jay-Z's Life and Times. I was executive editor of BET.com. I don't like talking about myself, but that's kind of like the gist of it. Um, and then, you know, we got my man, Kel. Yo, my resume sounds nothing like Andre's resume. So I'm a journalist, though. I work for BSO, Black Sports Online. Um, I mean, I've done journalism for years now. Usually cover MMA and boxing, but I really write about anything. This podcast, obviously, is for you, the fans. We're here to talk about what you want to hear us talk about. You get to read our articles. You get to see our opinions in that way. But now you really get the unfiltered, unedited version of what we think, our opinions, mine often not popular. But, (laughs) you know, you guys get to let us know what you guys want to hear. Yeah, so, okay, so one thing I want to do is talk about why this show is called The Corner, okay? The Corner is where everything happens. In hip-hop, the corner is where you battle rap. And that's where you find stars. In boxing, that's where you have your conversations. It's in the corner. In MMA, the same thing. Pro wrestling, eh, not so much. The corner's there where guys get thrown in. Yo, that's where up. the exciting stuff happens. Yeah, you, you jump know, off you, the top turnbuckle. Yo, you got to right? come off the turnbuckle. We got to, you know, Adrian Neville this. So, and the other thing is, we're two brothers, in case you haven't noticed. Like, we're two black dudes that are ringside for boxing, MMA, and I love pro wrestling, Right? You don't see too many of us at fights covering fights. We can talk about it. We can rap about it. But we don't really cover the sport. Not young black men don't really cover the sport. Yo, that's how we met. Right. Because it was like, yo, there's someone else who's young and black. Like, funny story. This show was almost called Minority Report for a very specific reason. We were at a fight, and they sat all the black people together, and there was three of us. And it was three of us sitting together, and we were like, yo. And Dave Schaller from UFC, shout out to Dave. He laughed because he knew what we were laughing at. We were like, yo, we're the only three black journalists at a fight. Why are we sitting together? You remember that, Kel? Yeah, yo, shout out to Heidi, who was also right next oh, to yeah, us. Oh, yeah, Heidi was there. She's yeah. black, too. Yeah, so anyone with, like, a brown pigmentation in their skin, anyone with some type of melanin was all together That's, in the back crazy. row. That was dope. So from there, it was like, <laughs> all right, look, we cover these sports, and we talk about them. Now, I've been covering music for a long time, and I know a lot of hip-hop artists 
who love talking boxing. Like, we don't even talk about rap. You know, we talk about boxing. We talk about pro wrestling. We talk about MMA. So we're trying to bring these worlds together. And not in that corny way where it'd be like, yo, what's your favorite rapper? It's not like that. Like, this show is a little bit different. The things that we're going to be doing is, like, we know what we're talking about. We're not Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith talking about Mayweather Pacquiao. Well, Stephen A. knows his boxing, and Skip just says whatever's on the adverse, right? Yo, B, those are the only two boxers they know. They don't know a name of anybody else. Yo, Man. if you didn't fight Floyd, you haven't fought Manny, they don't know you. Steve knows his stuff, right? So I'll give Stephen A. a little, you know, I'll give him some credit. But when I watched First Take, I cringe, right? I can't even watch it, so big ups to you. <laughs> Yo, I haven't seen it in like two years. But that's that's why we have the corner. So, you know, over these next few weeks and as long as you go and keep staying with us, we're going to have different guests. We're going to be bringing rappers through to talk about the fights. We're going to be bringing fighters through to talk about some hip-hop. And we're going to have a good time, right? So anyway, back to this Mayweather Pacquiao thing. I just want to talk about the weekend. Like yeah, the, That's what I'm saying. I, I am so excited about the weekend. Like... Yo, imagine the parties. We're in Vegas, if you guys obviously don't know. If you follow us on Twitter, you know this. This is your first time meeting us. We live in Vegas. We're here all the time. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be something like we've never seen before. No, yo. So, first of all, to to go back, if you were in Vegas for All-Star Weekend, right? Like, people that were in Vegas for All-Star Weekend was like, yo, I'm never coming back. It was crazy. People were dying. There was fighting. Too many black people. It's going to be worse, right? Like, let's just be real. You, you, All-Star Weekends happens every year. There's only one Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao fight. Everybody's waiting to see it. Hotel rooms are retarded. I know that's not politically correct, but they're retarded. Like, the prices are ridiculous. Yo, the MGM. So someone lost their booking because their card didn't go through. I wrote about this a week oh. ago. They had one room available. Three Gs the night of the fight. Now, I'm sleeping on somebody's lawn, yo. Like, listen. First and foremost... 93% of the people coming out here, 98% are not going to the fight. No, nah, you can't get tickets to that. Like, you're coming to be part of a spectacle and to get paid too much for everything. And then you're going to watch the fight. Like, I would watch the fight if I lived in, like, bubblefuck Idaho on pay-per-view for whatever the ridiculous price is going to be. Yeah. So why are you here? Why are you coming? Oh, it's going to be thought-tastic. 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 That's why people are coming out here. Because it's going to be Twitter in real life. So everybody who wants to shoot their shot, everybody who's anybody on Instagram, all those girls, all the fake body parts, all everything is going to be here for real. You know what's fascinating about that, though? Like, Twitter in real life is a really scary thought because, like, most people aren't themselves. Like, because you don't really see the shady side of you on Twitter. You see, like, the beef or whatever. So I can see that. You know, people are going to come up here and say, like, yo, DMs are going to be crazy. No, I'm going to be out there. Listen, I'm by no means am I old and washed yet. I know it's, it's dope to be washed on Twitter. I ain't there yet. Man. I, I need to enjoy this. I'm, yeah, I'm older than you, bro. So <laughs> I've done this before, and I don't know physically I can get myself ready for what's about to happen, right? And then on top of that, you know, I'm married. So my thing is, yeah, I could party. I'm going home. You know what I'm saying? Like, when the night's done, I'm going home. And most people that are going to come out, there's going, to be a, there's going to be some creeps. There's going to be some creep life going on. Oh. And you're going to get caught. You know what I'm saying? Like, chill with that. But what I do know is that you have to experience this. Like, if you're not coming to Vegas, if you're coming to Vegas and you're not going to the fight and you don't just save all your money and just blow it, it's irresponsible as hell. But, I mean, that's what you kind of got to do, right? Yo, you can't you, really do anything You're going to be talking about this for the next 40 years of your life. Like, yeah. just... No one's going to say, like, oh, were you in the arena when I mean, Floyd I and Manny am. fought? Like, you are. When yeah, we're yeah, we're going to be in the arena. arena. We were there. But for everybody, everybody else, else yo. that ain't selling out $7,500 a ticket for ringside, $1,500 for the nosebleeds, and that's before the brokers get their hands on them, you're coming out here to party because you know everybody who's anybody in this industry Everyone. is going to be here for this fight. Like, people who don't care about boxing are going to watch this fight. Yo, I'm not going to sleep for three days. Like, I'm going to be I am. on I it. I'm, Yo, I'm, I'm not sleeping for three days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm not getting any sleep. Like, so, so here's the other issue, right? Because we cover this sport. It's kind of hard to party when you got to cover fights. Yeah, it's the worst. Because, like, I'm going to be on deadline for Ring Magazine, right? And it's like, as soon as I file my story and then I've got to write a thought piece on what happened, it's going to be like 3 in the morning. And I'm not really going to want to party and do anything like that, but I just might. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you got to do it. For anybody who's never been to Vegas, like, all right, so I grew up here for the most part, and as a kid, I used to stand outside for Tyson fights, right? 
I was like 14 years, 16 years old. Tyson fights. Couldn't get, go anywhere. Club 662 was open. Shook Nights Club. And I used to stand outside. And that's all we did. We stood outside. I was like, yo, it's girls in fishnets. And I see nipples. And I, I was there when Tupac stomped dude out. Like, I was there in the MGM that night and watched him, George Jefferson, walk out of the casino. <laughs> that's all I... I don't... Like, the Bruce Zeldin fight? I, I didn't watch the fight. As soon as the fight came out, I got in my car. I was like, yo, let's roll. And we're going to the strip to hang up for the fights. Floyd Mayweather fights are like a microcosm of what Tyson fights used to be. Yeah. But when you're at a Mayweather fight, it's like... I mean, it's like freak day. It's like... It's like All-Star Weekend whenever he fights. Yo, every time... Yo, it's... It's a spectacle. Like, you just got to be around it. You can feel it. Like, you hop off the plane, you just feel that energy. It's crazy. You just know, like, yo, it's go time. Whatever whatever it takes, please have connections. Do not pay full price anywhere. Uh, that's my advice to you. If you come out here paying full price, you, you drop in at least, at least 10 Gs. You was a sucker and you lost. But, um... Yo, if you got it, spend it. If you got to spend it this weekend, but, like, dude, like, you're going to have to... You're going to have to spend, like... Don't come out here and then be cheap because you're going to regret coming out here. Because you had to have a little bit of cheddar to come out here in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get on that flight. to Room. To, yeah, to get a room and then decide, yeah, I'm going to go out to a fight I can't really go to. You got to really break some a little bit of bread, right? Like, I, I commend y'all that are going to come out for the, to this fight. And I hope I run into some of y'all because I want to know what the hell y'all doing. I really do. I know where I'm going to be at. And it's gonna be wherever it's cracking. Like, that's why I'm yo, going. that's that's it. Like I'm I'm doing all the pre-fight stuff, and then I'm a man of the people. I'm coming to hang out with y'all. Like where wherever y'all at, let me know what parties. What I, I'm going everywhere, whatever pool I can get into. That's the best thing living in Vegas. You got connections. Yeah. Just hit people up. Like yo, let me in real quick. Skip the line. Go in. Chill for forty five minutes. Yo, this person at Dre's. All right. You know, unless up be and real, out. Somebody's gonna die. Yo, yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> it ain't going to be in the ring. It's going to be out on the street. Like, I don't know if Vegas can contain the type of madness that's about to come. Like, we do New Year's out here every year, right? And that's like midnight, and then it's over. Yeah. This is a weekend of ridiculous, urban craziness. Somebody's going to get hurt. I'm parking far and walking. Yo, we got credentials. Like, so we're going to be parking in the casino or whatever, but... I don't think I get out of the casino. Well, that's yeah, my problem. That's, that's the problem. I don't think we're gonna get out of the casino. Like but, I don't even. I, I gotta just. I mean, I'm wearing my roshis. I'm just walking. Like I gotta be super comfortable that whole weekend. No club. I hope a club doesn't say anything stupid. Like yo, you need dress shoes. Yeah, ain't no dumb. dress shoes. Ain't, that's I don't, I don't, we ain't dress coding it up. But, but, um, comfortable. Like this thing is really exciting. It's like a countdown clock. We're gonna have to count. Have a countdown clock every week. How many days it is to the Mayweather fight? Now, for my West Coast people, if you're in L.A., if you're driving out, I don't know what it's going to be like when you leave on Sunday, if that's what your choice is. Stay an extra day. Yeah, just stay an extra just day. Just chill. It's Vegas. Like, I thought about renting out my house, right? I thought oh. I was like, yo, I'm going to rent out my house. And I live, I live far. Yeah, Airbnb. It's all, <laughs> yo, pay I'm going to make rent. my rent forever. Yo, that's it. You pay my rent forever. That's what you can do. Pay my rent forever. But then I had to think, where am I sleeping? If I rent out my crib, where am I sleeping at? Yo, yeah, that's real. I mean, you just got to shack up with somebody. Got to just family something. Nah, man. Listen, if I rent out my spot, I got to come sleep on your couch. Like, this is just how, well, this is what got to happen. I know you. I can't have these, these clowns coming up in my crib. Because, you know, they're going to want to party, too. They want to, I mean. Oh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, no, no, no. We're not doing that. But anyway, let's, go, let's get back to this fight. And like I said, we're not going to spend too much time on Mayweather Pacquiao. But, Kel, I got to ask you, how much of a chance does Pacquiao have? Oh, man, he he has a small puncher's chance, and I don't think he has a punch anymore. So I, I'm taking Floyd. He's not gonna he's not gonna shut him out. Um, Keith Thurman, you know, one of his best quotes recently is, "Yo, you get Floyd in the first three rounds. Yep. Like either you knock him out in the first three, or you're taking an L, and that's it. So if Manny just comes out and he just goes heavy volume, I mean, we saw it. And even though I think Floyd set this up." Mostly, but we saw it in Maidana fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Maidana fight. Maidana came out. He threw a million punches the first three rounds. Floyd stood there, didn't move too much. Mm-hmm. Floyd took, like, the last eight out of nine. Look, let, let's just be honest. When people were saying Floyd didn't do that on purpose, oh, he had a tough fight. No, he didn't. No. No, no, no. no. no he needed that rematch. He yeah. wanted that money. He, well, not only did he need the rematch, but people were complaining how boring his last few fights was. And when you feel like somebody can lose, you're more inclined to watch the rest of the fight and talk about it. So with Floyd, it was like, I'm going to stand in the pocket, let Mayweather, you know, let Madonna get his shit off, 
Yeah. And then I'm going to take away all his weapons, and I'm going to win the fight. And that's what he that did. That easy. In the second fight, he ain't even played with him. No, nah, he, like, he moved. It was, he got him right out of there. Yo, what people forget about Floyd Mayweather, he's, he's probably got the best footwork in boxing. Yeah. And people talk about his, the shoulder roll, but it's not as great as his footwork. And if you if you back him up against the ropes, he knows how to spin and get away from you. He telegraphs punches when they're coming, and he moves. His biggest flaw is that he doesn't have enough output. Yeah, and you can give someone else rounds. The untrained eye can give someone else rounds exactly. due to output when they're missing. So, and that was Maidana's joint. Like he was yeah. just he was just swinging. He but wasn't hitting anything. That's the only way you can win. And, and, and you're not going to beat Floyd Mayweather at a boxing match. All right? Let's just be very clear. You can't beat a master, grandmaster at chess. You can't beat Bobby Fischer at chess. You need to take the goddamn chest, the, the chest table, smash it over his head, and walk away. That's it. Yo, you're knocking him out or you're not winning. That's it. Like, you, like you, these fools that box with him and train the box. And then you go, oh, I'm going to use the Castillo thing. Or I'm going to use what Madonna did. No, you... You have to be dirty to a certain extent. Yeah, you yeah. You got to punch him in the gotta nuts. You got to be Cotto. Like, like, you got to be Victor Ortiz, like but you not gotta apologize. You got to cut him a little bit. You can't apologize like Victor nah, Ortiz No, yeah, that, that set him up for I'm going to headbutt you, Floyd, but I ain't apologizing. So I'm going to do nah, it again. Yo. Take some points away from me. I'm going to piss you off. But you, if Pacquiao goes in there and thinks he can outbox Floyd Mayweather, he, he's going to lose. And terrible. I think he will. I mean, you know, I saw Pacquiao against Bradley the first time. Like, yo, he left it close. You yeah. don't even put it in the judge's hand. Nah, you don't do I that. thought he won, but he left it close. So. I mean, he, he has to really come out and go for the knockout. It's a four-round fight. Yeah. Treat it like he's Butterbean. True, true. All right, so we got other segments. We got a guest coming up, my man Ryan McKinnell from Yahoo Sports. Uh, we're going to take a brief little break. Now, look, you can follow me at, at Andreas Hale. Kel, give him your Twitter. At Kel Dansby. Yo, we're so basic with our Twitters. Yeah, we're simple. First names, that's it. That's what I fight for. Yeah, so Ryan will be coming through next. Uh, chill out for one second. We'll be right back. Talking UFC, WWE, everything else, hip hop, uh, Kendrick Lamar album. Oh God, stay tuned. All right, we're back. We got a guest in the house right now. Yes, yes, the one and only. Introing myself because I have the biggest ego in Las Vegas. Ryan McKinnell, <laughs> Yahoo Sports man. I want to thank you guys for bringing me on. Uh, you know, we have these conversations, this kind of corner conversation. I mean, Andres and, and Kel, Kel, we've only met probably within the last year, but, I mean, we, we start conversations, and you'll catch us after events, after press conferences. We'll be in the parking lot an hour later still having conversations, not getting work done. Never getting work done. Never getting work done. Always no. talking about stuff that other people look at us and say, you should have a podcast. You should. You should have a podcast. Yeah. So now we got a podcast, there right? There you go. Right? And Ryan came in today. And, you know, you expect him to talk UFC, talk boxing. First thing he brings up, hip-hop, Kendrick. First thing out of his mouth. How can you not talk about it? It took over over the music world this week. I mean, we've been waiting for the debut for, for two years, and it dropped, and... Uh, Andreas, you said some really poignant stuff, and this I, I this is I know we're talking about MMA, boxing, pro wrestling. I'm at Yahoo. It's, it is my expertise, but I'm also a fat, lonely white kid from the Midwest who's only who's only link to uh, uh, you know real knowledge and real expression was hip hop, KRS One, Public Enemy, and so this album it, it really I mean it feels like a throwback to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a statement, and it feels like it really came at a time where I mean it, it's never more needed. You're right. I mean, uh, we have an album that's aesthetically what you would never have heard on the radio like five or six years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, you wouldn't hear a Kendrick album with an aesthetic like Parliament, you know, that funk. And something that, you know, everybody keeps saying is it's aggressively black. It's, it's about hip-hop culture. It's very, it's very urban. Like, it's not black because of convenience. It's black because it wants to be black. It's a powerful statement. I, I mean, think that's overrated, though. Like, I think that's pushed it over the top and people are going like with the message of it which is great but judging the music people are like yo this is a classic no it's not classic music it's a classic message it's classic impact now if you want to argue a lot of classics in history are like that then sure but this is uh, you listen to music it leaves a little to be desired as far right, as the so classic. Kel's bugging right so right right yeah <laughs> we're just gonna go we're just gonna stop we're just gonna stop Kel from talking now and we're gonna restart the show from the beginning and not talk about Kel. no uh I can get what Kel I think is hinting at or kind of talking about in regards to the fact that it is such a departure from maybe what people have become accustomed to when when talking about a guy like Kendrick but 
most fans of Kendrick know that this is a guy who doesn't do what he did before. He's constantly about evolution. And, and this is kind of what we were talking about before the show got started is what I'm really take away from Kendrick is that it's kind of what you talked about, Andreas, is he has this, this ability to reach so many people. But my thing is he's, he's not scared to do it. So many people don't realize their place in an industry or they, they, I don't know, it's, they don't give themselves credit. They don't, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but he gets it, and he's well, not afraid. You know, the thing that's fascinating is, like, I wrote a piece on Two Dope Boys. You can actually go check that now. About, so, shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug from 2011 <laughs> where I said Kendrick Lamar is the greatest MC of the digital era. And the reason why I said that is because there's no artist that's really like him. And what that means is, you know, when I talked about being unapologetically black, when you had Tupac and when you had Ice Cube and you had people that weren't scared to talk about these subjects or when a mic gets put in front of them and somebody's asking them questions, a lot of artists back down. I mean, I hate to throw shade at Kanye, but where's Kanye at when Trayvon Martin was going? Exactly. You know, where are these artists? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So when Kendrick comes out and he's making these, he makes these songs, he's talking about Garvey and Black of the Berry. Like, first of all, you got a song named Black of the Berry. And you're talking about... It's a statement. Yeah, and you're talking about even... You know, it's, it's, it's black, black progression, but then it's also being a hypocrite in your own society. So the message is always there with Kendrick, and lyrically he's dope. Um, but let's talk about because you mentioned my tweet I put out there about classic. Yeah. Go ahead and mention Well, it, 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 it perked my ears up because all three of us here essentially are critics. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. It's, it's kind of we're, we're social uh, surveyors of the, of the landscape around us, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, so when you tweeted out, yo, you don't get to call the Pimp a Butterfly classic. Not today, not tomorrow, not next week. It's a disservice to the art. Well, the thing that immediately comes to me is you famously once did a review for the Source magazine where you gave Kanye West a dark, twisted fantasy uh, a, a five star, a five mic, excuse me, mm-hmm. rating. And that is dubbing it a classic, essentially, instant in the same classic. time. Right, so exactly, instant classic, Kel. So what is the criteria for a classic? Because first of all, when I saw the album cover to Pimp a Butterfly, classic, mm-hmm. you put a dead judge at the feet of a bunch of scary black men at the foot of the White House holding up money and being happy. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's a statement right there. Uh, King Kunta, Black or the Bear. I mean, this is all very much a statement to black America, but it also it resonates with all America because I just saw Talib Kuli last week, and he said, Yo, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Mm-hmm. And that is some really poignant stuff. And I think some people could hear that and be taken aback. No, no, he's right. Because you have to start, and I don't mean this in any other way, but you have to start at the bottom. You have to start at it, it, what the real issues are. And right now, uh, that is a major issue, and Kendrick's tackling it. So my question, to bring it all back, though, is you can call Kanye a classic within a month. You, you, I, th- I think you were just, you were just trying to do, do right by Kendrick, right? Well see, no, well, see, here's the thing. Social media is like microwave, right? right? Things come along so quickly. The album hadn't been out like four hours yet. People were like, yo, it's a classic. <laughs> like, listen, classics are timeless material, right? And you got to sit there and spend time with that album and find every deep-seated nugget that you can find. To call an album a classic is a disservice to the time that Kendrick put into the album. How can you call it a classic when it takes longer than to Kendrick to write that verse? You know what I'm saying? So when we did the Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it wasn't just my decision that it was five mics, Right? You know, we had to come to a, a decision as a group at the source that this is a five mic. Is that is that how that works? Do, does everyone kind of like sit around in a conference and be like, "Yo, what?" And, and what kind of gets talked about? Can you can you talk about that? Yeah, a little bit? I mean, things you talk about a lot of things when it comes to a five mic album because you're making a statement with that. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like when you well, say, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I can just think back to '97, '98 mm-hmm. when Gangstar's Moment of Truth came out and they gave that a four and a half star or four star and or four mic. Out. Yeah, yeah, people lost their minds. Is it a classic? <laughs> it, it, yeah, absolutely. Okay. With, I mean, do you not agree? No, no. Oh, okay, I, I you're agree. just asking. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, there are, there are albums that stand the test of time yes. and get better with age because I believe Black Star's album got like a three and a half or a four in the source. Whoever the editor at the time was, I want to say it was Kim, I'm not sure, but that's crazy. That album was amazing. Most that's black on both sides. The Reflection of the Turtle album. These are great albums. Does editor get final veto on that? Kind yes. Of? Okay. So it's like, you know, I could throw in my two cents. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. When I wrote that review, I gave it a four and a half because I was like, I don't get to make the decision because I'm not staff. But then, they, you know, Bonsu was editor at the time. Content was like, yo, I think we're going to give this a five. Do you agree? Because we're not just going to override what you're doing. I said, yeah. And on top of that, I feel like Kanye gets the Denzel Washington Award. He should have got a five mic review for College, college Dropout, Dropout. Yeah. years ago. And, you know, it sucks that, you know, this is how it's got to be viewed, but it's, it's a great album. It's a phenomenal album. How much of that was impact, though? Like, going into the five, my, away from just the content on the album, mm-hmm. he dropped something every week 
The build-up was crazy. The buzz was crazy. The hype behind it was great. And they were bangers. This wasn't 808. No. No offense to that album, but <laughs> nah. I mean, these were bangers. And Monster it was a and, great yeah. song every week. Then the True. project dropped, and you're like, all right, yo, this is it. It's incredible. Five mics. See, and that's the other thing. It took me like a week and a half I sat with that album. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do it in like three days. Like, I listened to that, the, the song in my car. I listened to the album in my house playing video games. I listened to the album watching fights on mute. I listened to the album everywhere I went. And that's how I kind of review albums. Especially when it, when the ratings get higher than four in my head, I start going, okay, I need to listen to this more in different different places. Well, you're see attaching your out. name to it. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I can't attach my name to no nonsense. That's right. not how we roll. But <laughs> that's that you can't, social media can't deem an album a classic overnight. You got to take some time. And the people have to speak in long term because, like, if you go back to when Nas dropped on Matic, yeah. the review came out before anybody heard it. Well, it was a mixtape, essentially, wasn't it? Well, no, it was album. Six tracks. Yeah. Uh, two dropped in 92 because it was live at the barbecue drop. There you go. And then people wanted more joints, so he dropped Halftime. And, on the Zebrahead soundtrack. Yeah, It Ain't Hard to Tell mm-hmm. came out in 92. The album didn't come out until summer 93. Right. So then. So you heard about. Three, including live at barbecue, you heard about three or four Nas tracks. Was on album, it wasn't on album, no. But you had three or four Nas tracks a year earlier. Right. Drop live at the barbecue because that was just like a feature. Well, that was and it. Yeah, it was a compilation. Spot that, yeah. You know, so, oh, okay. So you had three, you had three days with Kendrick. Now, can mm-hmm. you call it a classic? I'm leaning towards that. It's a classic. Yeah. I'm 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 very much so leaning. Look at look at Kel. Well, that's no. kind of that no. was Kel just, no. like Kel just slams his head down, right? And, and first of all, the thing that Kel says that that we're gonna go ahead and full disclosure, you said Lupe's album is better. I think Lupe has a phenomenal album. Great album. Musically, though, Kendrick's album is is groundbreaking. First, I think the impact of it is groundbreaking. It could have classic impact. No one is doing that right now. No one has the power to do what Kendrick just did. He made something commercially unacceptable in, in all means. That cover should not be a uh, number one billboard cover. And yes, going, it's, yes, it should, but I get what you're saying. And, and I get he's what you're going saying. to make it that, and yeah. that shows his impact. So the impact can be classic. You know, there was classic stuff before. I remember when Nas was on the cross in that video, and people were just like, yo, it's bananas. Some images and some movements are long-lasting. Yeah, but we knew the Nas album was put. Okay? Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> and, and, here's a, and here's another thing in regards to Kendrick, is no one has really written an album with the type of care and the type of thought behind it and the type of narrative of these first two albums that he's put out. It, it's similar to Lupe when you can listen to one song a thousand times and find a, a million different things he's doing. Kendrick is leaving it in, in the truest form of art open to interpretation. Well, what's the pimp? What's the butterfly? Each song and each, you know, his, what, what, the end of each song when he's leading into uh, that. The poem. Yeah, the poem. I mean, that type of stuff and then taking the influences of Miles Davis and James Brown and melding it all together and then having a message behind it. I just, if he died tomorrow, he'd be the greatest MC of all time. Ah, okay. Let's that's, talk about that's this the really, case. That's really, the case really a lot of people. Really, well, really quick. I mean, no one has the first two albums to compare to this. No you know, one. Not it's in the, true. It's yeah. true. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You, there's there's our artists. Like Ice Cube. If Ice Cube would have died. I agree. Around Lethal Injected. Yeah. Best great, ever. Great rapper of all His time. voice, his delivery, his impact. Absolutely. LL Cool J's first few projects. Amazing. Amazing. I don't know if it makes him greatest rapper of all time. But. Amazing. Uh, at the time? Death makes you dope in hip-hop. That's just the way it no, is. No, it does. Because if it Tupac does. lived longer and made some trash, because he would have got jiggy with it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Something would have happened. And it would have diminished his value. Will Smith featuring Tupac. Yeah, same uh, with Biggie. Yeah. Biggie could have been M, where you just get three, and then... And he's out. Yeah. And he starts doing a East Indian accent and rapping about curry and whatnot. What up? Harold is up I mean, M, you done lost your mind there for a few years. You know it. Yeah, so, I mean... That does make you hot. And Kendrick's on a good roll. And he got a, a good lane and he's unique. And that's important to him. But classic, it's like he's getting credit for something the generation is doing. Sure, Kanye doesn't do it. Sure, you know, some other people before had to conform. No one's doing that now. J. Cole drops whenever he wants to drop. He talks about Sally Mae in every single verse. Action Bronson drops a wrestling line in every single verse. They can do what they want. Drake is overly emotional and singing. The same thing Ja Rule got his career ended for and doesn't now and no one can say anything. Well, it's different. Everyone yeah. <laughs> is unique and doing whatever they yeah. want. But, every, but it's different, right? Because you still have to follow. You still have to have a single. If you're an artist, you have to have a single. 
Cole didn't have Kend- anything. Kendrick doesn't have but, a single. Uh, no, I but, but no one track, listens. But no one really listens to Cole, and no one really listens to Lupe. Millions he sold of, out MSG. I know, but millions of people Lupe. listen to Kendrick. When Kendrick drops the the control verse, I mean, he just has the ability to stop the game and have all eyes turn on him, whether it be a, a verse, an album release, and then all that attention, what he's taking and doing with it, which is basically a middle finger to a lot of things. I mean, he's a ballsy twenty-seven-year-old. Yeah, I mean, let's just. Like, all right, you look at what Drake's doing, right? Drake doesn't take any risks. That's not risk. You know what I'm saying? Like, Drake morphs into whatever artist he's with at the time. If Drake took a risk, Drake would have a, would have had a Dilla song. Drake would have worked with his favorite artist, Fonte. He doesn't take those risks. Kendrick working with Thundercat, Flying Lotus on this album, Anna Wise for Sunny Moon. There's people going, who the hell is Anna Wise? I know who Anna Wise is, but people don't know who that is. Those are risks. Artists don't really take risks. They do things that they think will work. Yep. Kendrick didn't do anything that sounds remotely close to what anybody else is doing. Nothing. And, and I mean, we're talking about... He's making it his own, man. He's taking hip-hop and making... we East, West, Midwest, it doesn't matter. He's, he's bearing, but it's still so West Coast. Did Kendrick save hip-hop? No. No? Not at all. Not I wouldn't say not at all. Not at all. Hell, you like Yo, really, I don't mind like Kendrick. Really... I, I really don't. But saving hip hop is one Wait, hell of a statement. You don't like Kendrick? No, I don't mind him. Oh, like, oh, oh, I'm okay. good. Like I'm not okay. a Kendrick gotcha, hater. Gotcha. Like I don't dislike his music. Here, here, here's my. I don't mind him. Yo, <laughs> like Section 80 is dope. Yo, I think it's his best project. I'm in the minority, but I just like that version of Kendrick. Like you said, he doesn't put out the same thing twice. I just I like that version yeah. of him. Okay. Right. And this new one's not bad. Like his lyrics. I mean, there's nothing lyrical, lyrically long lasting to me. I like his message, but punchlines, metaphors, double entendres, there's one line. You mentioned the line earlier. Besides that, can someone la- name another line? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, lots. Yeah, no. <laughs> which I mean, which one did you bring up in conversation? Oh, I don't know. I just, I mean, I've only had a couple days with the album. Yeah, the Killer Mike album. Everything. That was I'd be statement. like, yo, I put on Twitter, name one line. You ain't hear that Killer Mike line? Yes, be everyone heard the Killer Mike line. Because Next. it was poignant. Because it, it, he took in the landscape around him. I mean, it's been three days. And basically, it, yeah, it's, it's been three days. I yeah. mean, I mean, when when Illmatic dropped, I don't think everybody was quoting verses from "Life's a Bitch." Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I get what you were, I get what you are trying to say, but I respectfully disagree with you. I understand most people do, and all, yeah, all the and this is how all our conversations, yeah, go between us. I, you know, I look. Kind of crazy in a lot of conversations. Well, yeah, even <laughs> it, it, we we, uh, we we can we can segue into pro wrestling if you like. But w- one of the first conversations we had, where I where my jaw dropped, and I just I, I just kind of like dead looked you in the eyes and like continued on with another conversation is when you said uh, when you didn't think Sami Zayn was a main roster guy top in the five. W- you didn't top make five, top right? Five didn't make it. First of all, roster. you shouldn't be making lists. Anytime you make a list on the internet, you're asking for like nuclear meltdown on your on your Twitter feed, but then you, then you say the most beloved ginger, you know, just six spot wrestling worker of the last 10 years, probably, I don't know, isn't a main roster top five call up. Oh my goodness, Kel. But he, you he's know, lucky <laughs> they're bringing relevancy to the intercontinental championship. Cause that's what the only thing he's holding. God. All right, listen, he, to, to, to kind of save Kel here, he didn't watch enough El Generico. No, and I like El Generico, the character, better than Sami Zayn. Let kinda, me say that. That's, have you listened to enough Kendrick? <laughs> I've listened to a good amount of Kendrick. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> like, so Kendrick and Sami Zayn? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it was more about forming yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, no, no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's the same, same premise. Like, Sami Zayn, as Sami Zayn, is not going to be the face of WWE. No. I can't really disagree with that. I don't, I don't yeah. disagree with you. Here, here's the thing. Like, Are we all just hoping on hope that he puts on a luchador mask like in two years? Every day. Debuts at WrestleMania. I, hope, I was hoping that Owens would break his back. They'd, he'd retire. He'd come on the next day, next NXT, say, I'm like retiring. That. I'm never going to wrestle again. they move him up to the main roster as a luchador with a mask and have that guy never take off the mask. Everyone would know it was Zayn. Right. And we'd get the same chance and everything, but it'd be like the quietest kept secret. Like and then that. that's how you move them up. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I thanks mean, for making us sad. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's and never poss- happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we know that Sami Zayn right now, like you look at him, he's the Daniel Bryan of NXT. He had the same title chase and he finally made it. Now he got his back broke by Kevin Owens. Um, you're right. When he does get called up, he'll be in that Ziggler territory for a long time. Because, and we talked about this before. You only have certain types of 
characters that you can put in certain molds in the WWE. You can't have three Daniel Bryans. You only have one. Right. You can only have one powerhouse. You can only have Roman Reigns, which we'll talk about this WrestleMania nonsense in a minute. So when Zayn gets called up, it's like, all right, well, I don't want him to get called up. Like, I want to, like, the plan of Mata least it's like, it's like watching, like, Eric Barkley at St. John's before the NBA. I was like, I don't want you to get drafted because they're going to ruin you. And how many people know who Eric Barkley is from St. John's today? No, stay in NXT. <laughs> do what you've been doing for the rest of your life because that's me as a selfish fan. I'm selfish. Well, plus, I mean, Damn. don't you get the feeling that he could almost take that and run with it to the point where NXT, I don't want to say could rival the WWE in the main roster, but boy, could make a lot of money and do really successful tours and have their own oh, niche. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, yeah. I know we know they're going to start touring. It's just, it's just a matter I, I of... I think if Vince doesn't give Triple H more control of the main roster, I think Triple H takes it that way. Well, and, and just says, this is mine. We're touring... We're just going to see how big we can build this. Well, and Vince, Vince has to see it, too. I mean, he has to, when, when he's wrong so many times, and word is that he is losing confidence and that he is kind of wondering about his place, which is good. I think that, that, that is a sign that at least he's paying attention to, okay, not all the decisions I'm making are, are surefire you know, uh, hits anymore. Not that they ever were before. Good, good God. I mean, the, the mid-'90s. I, we don't. I mean, we don't talk the about the Godwins, that. and I mean, there, there's so many bad ideas in pro wrestling, and I get it. You have to throw a throw a bunch at the wall and see what sticks. But NXT is something really, really special right now. But you know what else? It's like it has its own niche, right? It, does. it doesn't have to pander to kids. It doesn't have to pander nope. to women. It doesn't have to pander to sponsors. That's why it works. And it, and you know, and the kids thing I think is a little over overdone as well because i think kids are simple i i link, i think back to when i was a kid in the early 90s late 80s and macho man was an evil guy right yeah. macho man was never a nice guy the varying degrees on macho man was whether he was like actively beating miss elizabeth or not that was like his heel face like aside from that you knew he was a heel if he was threatening to slap miss elizabeth if he wasn't threatening to slap her then he was a face that was that was basically macho man but that was it but i would look around in the crowd or i'd look around you know at the people ringside and people would cheer him and I would always wonder, why are people cheering this bad guy? My point is, is kids don't know what's cool or not. Kids just like what everyone else likes. So if you tell kids CM Punk's cool, kids are going to like CM Punk. If you tell people Kevin Owens, kids, Kevin Owens is cool, kids are going to think Kevin Owens is cool. So this kind of, that each wrestler has to be, the, you know what I mean, a John Cena, or it has to cater just to kids and as a viewing audience, I think uh, Vince is missing the mark on that, as well as uh, a few other things, but that's one of them. One, the only problem I see with this is, when is WrestleMania, when's the last time WrestleMania ended on a bad note? I can't remember, I mean, they saw Daniel Bryan last year. Man. All those Cena Rock things, those Cena Rock things were terrible. They were both faces, though. What I'm talking about, oh. when is a heel gone Oh, you mean over a bad note, main... you mean yeah. a bad note, oh, yeah. God, gotcha. When is a heel yeah. gone over in Mania in the main event, since Triple H in the Fatal 4-Way in WrestleMania 2000, right? Was there another one after that? I quit no. watching around then. I don't, I can't remember another one besides that. It always I mean, ends with like, yay, hooray, yes, yes, like, yeah. that's how we end. Fireworks. Right? That's why Rawls needs to cash in. I think we need to throw everybody for a loop. They were chanting for Lana on Monday Night Raw. It was Russia versus USA, and the fans were chanting for Lana. They were chanting for Russia. I'm pretty sure I could go and start a Putin chant, and no one would care. <laughs> uh, the, the days of heels and faces are so gone. That's one of Vince's being out of touch. I yeah. mean, in theory, yes, we haven't had a heel win, fine. But that, that it's just people do care about matches. I don't care what Vince thinks. People care about matches, and people care about the people they like. And it doesn't necessarily... Uh, you know, I, people like Lana because she's good on the mic. I truly believe that. Is she hot? Absolutely. Is she one of the best, well-spoken, uh, authentic people that they have on that roster? I truly believe that. Yeah, when she speaks, it's like, okay, she believes what she's saying. And I think that's why people like her. And I think Rollins can get over Like, in your scenario, I think I think it works. Yes. Because, I mean, you no, know, if Rollins, I think he takes an RKO, if it works out that way. He takes an RKO, he loses to Orton. Orton looks like, oh, you know, I'm anti-authority, whatever. You know, I've changed my thing. Rollins catches in later, comes out, Brock throws him around a little bit, Orton comes in, think he, you know, say Rollins does something dirty, hits Brock with a chair, he's about to win easy, Orton comes in, think Orton's going to save the day, RKO Rollins, Brock gets up, he RKO's Brock, the whole authority comes out, everyone stomps Brock out, Rollins lays on him, gets the title. That later, was Brock. really elaborate. Yo. How long did you think about that? <laughs> two seconds. <laughs> two seconds. And they got months to think of this shit. I did in two seconds. Well, that's the problem is they have months to think about this shit. 
that's my real issue. You hear they got 25 writers, they got all these different ideas flowing around. There's no cohesion. They're 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 changing on the fly. You know, we're writers. You need to have some focus. You need to have a direction. You need to have a voice, and they're without it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, listen, they're not trying to lose that paycheck. Right. Vince. Vince will come down quick. Yeah. Don't, don't send no craziness up to Vince. And you know what? Go back. Just I'm glad you brought it up. Like actually, the Rusev Cena fight is something I'm really looking forward to. And the reason being is I need Cena to put Rusev over clean because you do not have a monster heel in the company right now. Is he the monster heel though? Rusev? Yeah. Uh, if it ain't him, then it's who? Somebody, whoever do heels, do heels even exist today? That's what I'm saying. Rusev has legit. You know, you know, you, you know what's going to take to have a legit heel, like for real. You're going to need to bring back the big boss man. Except he won't be the big boss man. He'll be from some Midwest Podunk town. Abuse, police abuse of power. You need to take real social issues that people are hot about. You're trying to get that man killed. If you yeah, know. yeah. That, that's absolutely. What it takes, though, that's right? what. <laughs> yeah. Hey, people tried to kill the horseman back in the day. And since we don't have any sort of semblance of blurred, everything's everything's the same. There are no heels and faces. So if you want a real heel, get a cop who was you know uh, unceremoniously dismissed from his police department for abuse. From St. Louis, Missouri. Right. Exactly, and from you know Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. If you if you really want to twist the knife, no. I mean it. Man. They they do need to. And I'm not talking uh, solely on stuff like that uh, or necessarily police brutality, but hard hitting social issues. They did it with uh, Zeb Coulter. And it, and, it, and, it, and it worked for a little bit, but it got almost cartoony to where the point to where people bought into it and started, you know, playing well, therein, off of therein it. Therein lies the problem, yeah. right? Like, the WWE, you know, they still are publicly traded and they still got yeah. an audience. And if you go that route, and we're an ultra-sensitive society. Like, yeah, yeah. You call something, they're like, oh, you can't do that. Like, oh. And they was like, oh, he's uh, from, he's a, he's a bad cop. And immediately everybody would call it out. It would get squashed. The push would get, he would end up being a job in like three weeks. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, no worse than showing your dick all over the internet. That's true. That's I don't know. I mean, it's like sensitivity is, I, I, you know, a bunch of kids watch WWE and their favorite star, uh, you know, showing his dick everywhere. It was funny. I was with, a, you know, we all know Lazy the Savage, Michael Mardona is uh, in the MMA world, uh, uh, kind of part of the Ronda Rousey entourage. Went to a FSW show out here in Vegas, uh, Future Stars of Wrestling, great indie show. And we went with his, with his uh, stepson, if you will, and his, his, he's like nine years old, ten years old. And uh, I got a question that at every point an adult pro wrestling fan must answer to a child or to some inquisitive, it may be an adult, mm. why are they wearing underwear? And I Don't said, well, uh, no idea. I mean, I, I said, son, you, 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 you ask a question that everyone wonders at some point. And I, tr- I try to say it's, tr- it's history, it's tradition, it's kind of just what it is. And then he just goes out of nowhere. I like Roman and Seth because they wear pants. And that was some profound shit, man. That's that's legit. Yep, yep. Little little nine year old biking it because he's not showing his bulge off. You know. I don't have an answer for that. Dude. No, I know. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't know how to answer that. I'd be like, I never thought about it. No. Yeah. Why why does Cena wear jean shorts? I don't know. You know, some stuff just ain't right, my man. That's what I have to tell. Him. But maybe I mean maybe the fact that we just watch it and don't even think about it, that's the brainwashing that is pro wrestling. I mean, we should think about it. But but you know what? Like, if a wrestler comes out in trunks and no knee pads, I feel awkward looking at it. Almost like he's naked. Yeah. Yeah. Might like as well he's not wearing knee pads. Like yeah. Austin, if Austin had that knee brace, I was yeah. like, yo, son's coming out with his junk. Like, yeah. ah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, like it's something about like a certain it's accessory. A, it's a very central area, the kneecap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When <laughs> no, yeah. it's like too flashy, Austin had like straight black though. So like yeah. you can like pull off. Only so Austin. Is, only Austin and a few select people. When it's people. too flashy, it's still uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I, I feel bad watching, like, an Adrian Neville match. Like, I don't want to see his entrance. Shawn Michaels is the greatest professional wrestler of all time, and he essentially used a male stripper gimmick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I would have found that out. It, like, rocked my world, but more so the fact that I've been watching him 10 years and never put it together. Yo, and I knew that whole routine. Yeah, that's a nice ego check. Yo, I could walk from my kitchen. <laughs> when I was, like, 12, walk from my kitchen to the living room, do that whole routine. Hey, Shawn Michaels, yeah. Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, man. Yo, I wanted a pair of Ashless Chaps back in the day before I even knew what they oh, were. Oh, my goodness. Just to you do the... Pause. Um, <laughs> just to do the show. So that Kendrick Lamar guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yo, listen. <laughs> Woo. Okay. I think we got to move on. Shawn, Shawn Michaels is dope. dope we're we're dope. wading into awkward territory. <laughs> yes. Um, segway, segway, segway. MMA, man. MMA. MMA. All right, here we go. You ready? You ready? Let's 
it's going to be rough. And they're aiming for that July card and, you know, her fighting at 135. And we'll see if she can do it. I mean, I don't think Dana's holding to that, you know, two, three fights, 135. <laughs> no. I think that's gone out the yeah. window. One fight, like, you're yo, good. one. Yeah. Just do it once. Listen, everyone likes millions of dollars, Dana included. Even more so, Cyborg, who will never make a million dollars fighting ever again. You know, if she wins, she will. I'm not saying, but I'm saying right now, the best chance at her in a future and a house and not needing Tito Ortiz to pay her bills mm-hmm. is fighting Ronda Rousey immediately because it think, will be a million dollar payday. Do you think she can actually win? We just saw two huge upsets last week that blew people's minds. Do you think Ronda. Two huge is, upsets? Two, yeah. right? I mean, what was the second one? Joanna is what you would call Joanna an upset, over but it wasn't Carla. Carla. It was, huge it was she was it plus wasn't. 120, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, okay. uh, can it People happen? Yeah. Said Carla was. Yeah. We'll talk about we'll talk about winning five seconds. But 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 with Ronda and, and at one thirty five, I don't think Cyborg can do that. No, that power is just not. The we, same. And then you say, can she? Well, of course she can. Yeah. There's always a chance. Uh, I think you're if you if you like betting on Ronda Rousey, now is the time to bet on her because it'll be the closest, like kind of Floyd with Manny or Floyd with Canelo. Um, you're gonna get a decent line. I'm gonna expect. Cyborg is sitting at plus 350 around the time the fight rolls in because of all the money that's going to come in. But That's not bad. No, it's, it's about what I think. I mean, when you're, looking at, when you're looking at the other people sitting at plus 9 and plus 10, mm-hmm. um, you've got to look at the most dangerous opponent. Legitimately, not no disrespect to Cat or Sarah, who have been billed as the most dangerous. No, I mean, Cyborg is undefeated and over however long, and she's... She she's, stops people. She stops people, exactly. And it's and not that Ronda doesn't, because she does. She just does it in a different way. Right. Both equally as violent, but cyborg raw striking. Power. Right, raw yeah, power. It's just UFC will make a crazy highlight out of that and yeah. sell it to the fans. Yeah. Like the build will be ridiculous. And it looks yeah. like Cyborg's got the promotional stuff down. She just called Rhonda a pussy for letting her mom talk. Talk. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, hey, if you're gonna attack someone, attack their family, especially when uh Ann Dr. Ann seems to have no problem putting herself out there. Yeah. She she likes kinda or I don't want to say likes, she seems to have no problem uh, being interviewed talking, being on social media, having opinions about her daughter's fight career. So if you're a cyborg, yeah, well, lady, yep. I got something for you, too, and your daughter. It's smart. So, yeah, the, the build should be should be uh, quite nice. Cyborg has to make it happen. It's 10 pounds. 10 pounds for a million dollars. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yep. She's going to have to lose muscle. Yeah. Which, which she doesn't want to do, which exactly. I get. Every time I've seen her in person, she's just, like, I've seen her at three weigh-ins. There's not in inch of fat on her. Nope. At no, that she looks like a dude from every angle. Yep. Huge. Standing next to Tito, she didn't look out of place. Nah. At all. And then the next day is coming in at like what, 170, 175? I don't even like visualizing Cyborg. Like me thinking about her right now is upsetting me. Because she's like a brute. She's yeah. like, Imagine how the women feel. Yo, when she beat up she's, Gina Carano, yeah. like, yo, I'm sorry. She was a lot bigger than Gina in that She fight. made Gina look horrible. And Gina's a big girl. Yeah. And she got dragged. Yep. And Retired my wife her. watched that and was like, turn it off. It's like a scary movie because she was just getting destroyed in there. Yep. Nope. Yeah. But no, I think going back to does does uh, does she have a chance? No. I think Rousey's the most dominant person in sports. You can't really deny it because if we're talking about seconds. It's like you said. You can put her fights on Instagram. These are fist fights, man. I'm like 77 and 35 in NHL 15. I'm like a I'm like a 52 ranking. Like I'm really good. Like I beat like top 250 guys all the time. Uh, even like best games. Thinking back like years past, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like I was a hell of a horse player. I'm pretty good at billiards. Listen, I'm not undefeated at anything. I don't win anything in seconds. So when you're talking about people like Ronda Rousey, and I, I should mention Floyd because mm-hmm. I mean at 47 and 0, he's probably the most dominant athlete, but. Uh, he doesn't win in seconds, and it's not the all-encompassing game of MMA. It's a nice discussion. They're both really dominant, but Ronda in MMA, you just cannot touch that young lady at nope. all. Nope. At all. No, and she, she's really she can go until she wants to walk away. Yeah, I mean we're not easily impressed. Okay, we're not we're not fan. We, we go to all these fights. We've been co- eight years. I mean this isn't we're yeah. not we're not just jumping on the hyperbole wagon to just sound like psychopaths. I mean I held off for as long as I possibly could, but. I can't even tweet at events when she's fighting now. Yeah. Like, I'm, look down, I'm scared so... to look down at my laptop. Yep. Because yeah. I might miss the whole fight. Yeah, the, the computer just, oh, it's over. And people are like, it started? Like, yo, son, what happened? All right, right quick. Let, let's move on to what just happened this past week. 185. And Pettis on a Wheaties box goes wah, in wah, and gets wah. dragged by Dos Anjos. I mean, dominate. Did, did you see it coming, Ryan? Did I see it coming? 
Well, I got to approach this from a couple different ways. One, I did the cover on USC Magazine for Pettis, and I got to spend a good amount of time with him. And uh, one of the things we talked about was the Guida loss. And he talked about how he was high on himself and how he was really cocky coming into the UFC after the Showtime kick, and he overlooked Guida. And he just didn't take him seriously, and uh, that's why that was the consequence of him getting grappled uh, for three rounds. Now, I'm not going to say this happened in this particular fight, but he looked nervous on the way to the cage. He looked shot hesitant when he was out there. He didn't look like himself. He tried to fight back, to all credit, to uh, Pettis in his corner. But here's the thing with him is he doesn't have power. So when people come in and they control him like that and they make it a rough fight, I'm not saying it's the blueprint, but it's what we saw on Saturday night. Um, I was surprised, yes. Did I see it coming? Probably not, because I think myself, along with a lot of other people, truly believe Anthony Pettis is the future of the lighter weights because of, I mean, let's keep in mind, this kid's only 26 or whatever. I mean, yeah. he, he lost on Saturday night, but... Um, people lose. People I mean, lose, exactly. But he is really... Right, exactly. <laughs> he's really going to need to take that Ben Askren, uh, you know, training program that he's got at his disposal up there at Duke Rufus, and he's really going to have to make sure he doesn't get up on his back because when he does, he's just putting himself in far... Far too much trouble in regards to control because he doesn't deal with getting bullied well. So here's the fascinating thing about that fight. I didn't think Pettis was going to lose, right? But I knew what the blueprint was because even though he didn't want to admit it against Clay Guida, Pettis needs space to operate. Yep. So he moves. Yeah. He has to operate and he has to move forward. He's not good fighting moving backward, right? Melendez made a lot of mistakes in their fight. But what he did was he put a lot of pressure on him. As soon as Dos Anjos landed that, that what was it, the left hook or the right hook? That, the right. The right. right so let him open. Yep. I said fight's over. As soon as that happened, I was and, like, Pettis don't know what to do. And as opposed to the Melendez pace, that was more frenetic. Right. Dos this was Anjo- measured. Exactly. Was calculated measured and calculated. Time. Exactly. Mixed and it, it showed, up. It was, he gave him fits. There, as soon as I saw him get hit, I was like, oh, the fight's over. Because you see Pettis blinking, and you can see the spirit leave his body. I got clipped. I'm hurt. And I don't know what to do. Yo, blood's a whole different, a whole different beast. Like when you get hit and you get like a legit cut and you can't see, like as soon as he was like, "Oh, I can't see," and it's just, he was done. He was so focused on that that he lost all well, form of a game plan and everything. If he, he was, was like, if, "Yo, I can't see," if he was done, he would have got put in away by a guy like RDA. I think he did try to fight back. I just he doesn't have raw power. But he's fighting back. That's, right. that's the problem. He was fighting. He was on his back. He was on the entire. <laughs> Right. Damn fight. Right. And Dos Anjos, he put together the perfect game plan. What about yeah. what about the Dos Anjos speculation about his physique and his body? You guys have any opinion on that? Because it's it's I don't want to I don't want to cast an ill light on the championship run, but if you compare pictures from him four years ago to pictures the way he was on fight night, and it's my understanding, I don't know what the Texas Commission is, but I, I don't want to talk too much on that. But the, did you see the side by side comparison? I saw. Yeah. I saw when people were posting it mm-hmm. and talking about. I mean, it's, it's almost at this point we can't avoid it, right? Yeah. No, you can't. I don't want to speculate, but it's just unfortunate. I mean, you don't want to accuse. Right. It's fair to speculate. Right. Because yeah. at this point, we've seen shocking test results enough to speculate. And this is one of those ones where it wouldn't be shocking because of the body thing. You know, we had Josh Saman. You know, most people know Josh. He had the great knockout of Eddie Gordon. Uh, at the end of the year, knockout of the year kid. He's a guy that has long been considered uh, a poster boy for steroid use. You look at him, he has the acne on his back. He's just a bulging human being. He's like, listen, I had a growth spurt in high school, uh, and, and, and I packed on muscle, and I've been that way ever since. And he, and he, and he, and he lobbied for uh, lifetime bans for steroid abuse. I mean, I don't want to throw these guys just because of their, their, their physique, physique yeah. but I think it's just more a testament to the unfortunate times we're living in that – it's like one of the immediate things we go to when someone gets physically dominated in their body, the, the, the challenger when or whatever. When it clearly changes yeah. in a four-year period, three-year period, you usually don't do that while getting older. Right. No, you got to ask questions, man. Yeah, like you don't get older and your physique leans out and you go through puberty at 30-something. Like it just doesn't happen. So you have to look at that. But once again, if he's not failing the test, I mean – you you give them the credit. Well, and that's and, the good and that's the good news. It seems like the UFC is trying to clean it up. Yeah, it seems they're, they're trying to. They're going it. for it. To we'll see how far it goes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The fight wasn't in Brazil. Right. You know, it was stateside. There was you know some testing. It's a little harder to hide it. It he had to get credit, and does it make him a better fighter? Sure, but I think game plan was there regardless. Right. What they have to do in regards to the 
the steroid issue, I think, is not sending double messages. You can't have Vitor Belfort getting a title shot coming off a positive test. You can't be rewarded for it. There has to be, and that's, the, I think, the thing where they were losing ground is the, the, the double standard of it all. And, mm-hmm. and, and people were kind of like, wait, this doesn't make sense. It's not adding up. Drug but, testing in general. Yeah. Like, you know, whether but, it's PEDs or, you know, Coke or weed or whatever. Right. Like, Got to be somewhat consistent. Well, no, you can do Coke. Coke's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, that's perfectly fine. Coke's okay. Oh, John Bones, <laughs> Jones. Yes, yeah. yeah, you can do Coke is Coke is totally okay. No, and we were you were kind of talking about upsets headed into Saturday and uh Kel, you talked uh you said the big one was uh you said you called it you called it a big upset and that was yeah. Joanna uh un, un chick. I got it. I got it. I, I ain't I, trying. I always I'm not said, trying, yeah. chick. She said it we, we we met with her a couple weeks ago for uh for a story. And she pronounced it, had her pronounce it again, had her pronounce it again, still didn't get it. Um, yeah. But I, I got a video of it, and I'm, I'm good with it. But no, she went in there as a plus 120 dog, and uh, she put a stamp on it. She looks like she's the future of the division. Yeah. I mean, what she did to Esparza, I mean, when you're a wrestler and you're just a wrestler. And Esparza's the best wrestler. Yeah, and you're a great wrestler, yeah. but she couldn't. She just couldn't get past that jab. Like, she was eating that thing like lunch. Knuckle sandwiches all day. And to be fair, Carla probably was the second best in that weight class in the world. So, I mean, it's hard to deem her the best in the world just because he has the UFC title. No, best wrestler. Oh, she, yeah. She yeah. seemed to have the best wrestling credentials. So, when I look at that, it's like, okay, if Joanna seemingly is one of the better strikers, Robert Drysdale said she has the fastest hands in MMA, you should have seen my reaction when he told me that. So, she's got the fastest hands in MMA. I, I dropped, like, what? I just, what? And he's and he's like Vitor Belfort, man. And he started because he trained Vitor. And he started talking about Vitor. I thought he was out of his mind. Now the performance on Saturday, Joanna go out there and does what she does. So if she can handle the most dominant wrestler like that, what is a striker going to offer? Nothing at that weight. I mean, who has clear knockout power that's right. going to clip her? Not no right. one. I mean, so, Rose is great striking, but she doesn't not, have not that, that. Not violent like that. Yeah, that girl. Is, no, that girl's no. a wrecking ball. I heard in the gym they were saying maybe she was overtrained, that she just puts her head down. Yes, no problem. I do. Yeah, that's all she says. Yes, no problem. It's no problem. It's no problem. That's all she says. When she did her open workout, she worked out for an hour and a half. She was dripping sweat all over the mat. And that's apparently that was just her all day. She doesn't – there was no cool-down period. This was six days before the fight. You know, so from what I saw in the cage, and this is such a – this is ne- I never see this. This is exactly what I saw in the training room. You can watch Misha Tate. You can even watch Ronda Rousey. Watch her training videos. Not They're the same. Not, not even the same. close. Yeah. But Joanna, the same and maybe even better. And that, boy, oh, boy. That's going to be fun. It's a division I can't say I necessarily cared about when it came on. I mean, from a professional standpoint, of course, we care. We follow yeah, it. We yeah, but excitement, I was like, okay, we'll see. But now, and I think a lot of people like that. People love those mystical Euro strikers, right? Throughout oh, Igor, yeah. Igor yeah. Volchanskin, Fedor mm-hmm. Emelianenko. I mean, it just... When you can't pronounce the name yeah. correctly for like six months, you love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we got to wrap this All up. Right. And we're going to wrap this up with pound for pound. I want to ask you, Big Mac, where does Pettis fall now that he's lost? And where does Dos Anjos, does he fall into, does he go into the top 10 pound for pound, 15 pound for pound fighters? Well, world? first of all, I don't mean to hijack your question. The top of the pound for pound list is John Bones Jones. He's also mm-hmm. the greatest fighter to ever live. If you want to try to debate that, by all means, hit me up on Twitter at Ryan McKinnell. We can have this debate. I still, I cannot believe people are still having this debate after what John's done. Anyway, um, Pettis has taken a huge hit. He looked terrible on Saturday night. It wasn't that he just lost. He got dominated, and he got dominated the way he got dominated prior. So if we're talking about a lineage, if we're talking about history repeating itself, it's hard to make any argument for Anthony in the top 10 or 15 because he got dominated five years apart, four years apart, in the same exact style, in the same exact way. Essentially saying, if you do not feed him the Donald Cerrone's you know, and of the world or whoever. I mean, he beat a lot of good people. I don't want to say he, you know, Gilbert was a, a wrestler and he beat him. But by and large, if if you're uh, if you're not giving him compelling matchups, there's a chance he could he could take an L. And you can't really have that in the pound for pound discussion. You need the Jose Aldo's. You need the John Joneses. You need the Chris Weidmans. That when you discuss the possibility of losing the Kane Velasquez's, it is uh, not laughable. But it's you know they're always going to be the favorites. And I can't say Anthony Pettis is always going to be the favorite. And in regards to RDA, the dude had a streak in his career where he lost like three in a row or whatever. So, no. Neither one of them really bust into anywhere in the top five. RDA might bust in the top ten. Pettis should be off the list. Now, I don't do the UFC rankings. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't. Okay, I don't. So I don't. I don't know how that all works out. Mainly because I'm not going every week and adjusting my rankings and having fans <laughs> come to me. Why did you do this, man? Have Listen, I got a job and a life. If you're expecting me to, yeah, I can't have that type of responsibility. So, <laughs> so with I that, applaud you, Andreas. With that being said, is it almost a foregone conclusion that RDA will lose a title in the next year? If he fights Khabib Nurmagomedov, absolutely. There we go. That's the name <laughs> I thought so, too. Yeah, like. yeah, if he fights Khabib, I think he's in deep doo-doo. Um, you know, like, that really comes down to the Cerrone fight. Uh, if, if Cerrone ends up somehow beating Khabib, then he's going to fight RDA. And I have a real tough time imagining Cerrone dealing with RDA in the way he's going to need to. Because you have really got to... I don't know how to beat RDA right now. He is on a, he's on a, a really weird run where yeah. he looks like one of the most dominant fighters in the sport. But everything I know about the hot flavor of the moment is telling me to calm down. He's, on that, Matt Brown. He's yeah. on that Matt Brown right now. That yeah, is exactly I mean, very good. We saw Robbie have the same run to his title, like where you're just like, yo, this guy has never yeah. been like this. Yeah. And then you just wake up and the guy's dominant. And I mean, I, Rumble's on that right now. You know, Rumble somehow knocks off John Jones. It's the same path. Mm-hmm. It's one of those just, yo, this guy, it, it just turned on for him and it clicked. That's the beauty about MMA, though, is it can constantly keep putting you in your place. Josh Berkman, I legitimately thought was like laying floor somewhere. Before World Series of Fighting. Before World Series of Fighting. Sorry. Before World Series of Fighting and he beat John Fitch. Uh, He was fighting in Utah. and I didn't even know he was still a fighter. And he somehow worked himself back to the UFC and he was making a paycheck again. Now, that's a smaller scale. Anthony Johnson is a much better example. Uh, Anthony was 300 pounds, I swear to God, fighting down south in regional promotions. I'd see him at events. And I, I, I saw him one night and I didn't know it was him. And I am very good recognizing faces. He was so big and so blown up that I thought he had lost all motivation. I thought he was out of the sport. I thought his promise was done, and here he is fighting the greatest fighter to ever live in what is going to be one hell of a pay-per-view. It is. And that sport, this sport, MMA, the surprises truly do keep on coming, and I think that's what keeps a lot of us coming back for more, a lot of the fans. So we'll, we'll end on that. <laughs> Big Mac, great to have you. Man. Great to have you. Yes, stuff. thanks for joining stuff. us. you got to come back. got to talk more. I, I was going to say, I'm sure it won't be the last Yeah, no, no, of course not. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. So, everyone, thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the podcast every week. Uh, It's downloadable on Thursdays on iTunes. Sooner or later, we're going to put our videos up on Fridays on YouTube. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, Make sure you check the Twitter and all social media. Until next time, we're out. Peace. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could.